That's right. You're listening to another episode of D Love Special Sauce Podcast. We break down fights and give our predictions. No fights this week, but still plenty to discuss. We got our first endorsement deal, and we hear from you, the listeners. So let's jump right in. Yo. What up? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Welcome to episode 11 of D Love Special Sauce. It's a very special episode, as I said in the intro, because uh, we hear from you guys, the listeners, which I'm super pumped on. I'm extremely excited. Uh, I got a lot of good questions, a lot of feedback from you guys, and that just uh, it makes me really pumped to do this episode. It's probably the most excited I've been to do an episode since the, probably the very first one, even with the Masvidal, DS, BMF, and all that stuff. This this one's my favorite so far because I got a lot of feedback from you guys so i'm super excited um and then also i wanted to give a huge shout out to bama for doing exactly what was asked last uh time i I made a post in every episode for that matter i've talked about engaging the show and requesting to be a guest on the show if you want to uh my last post i sent out i said who wants to be on episode 12 it's going to be the biggest one yet it's conor mcgregor makes his comeback against cowboy cerrone who wants to be on that episode so um i put out a post and said reshare it and you get one of the two spots available Speaking of which, one is still available. Uh, talk about that in a minute about how Sammy actually shared it and can't make it to be a guest. Shout out to Mr. Miyagi, Sh- Sammy Mayoto. Uh, but yeah, Bama, thank you uh, for so much. There we go. Perfect timing. For doing exactly as asked and to share the uh, the post, requesting to be a guest on the show. So next week, guys, is going to be a great episode. Bam is going to join us to break down the McGregor uh, versus Cowboy, uh, the whole main event. So that's exciting, which brings me to my next point, which is that makes <clears throat> that means the predictions challenge is back. Um, we're starting off season two. Epi- uh, what is it? I, I don't know. 12? Is, yeah, 12 zero, zero. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're starting again with the coffin. And we're zero zero, so we need some sort of bet to you know for the loser to have to go through. I mean, I just keep throwing this out there as an example, like shaving her head or something like that. But you guys, we want to hear from you. Yeah, but I'm not shaving my head because my wife wants me to grow my hair long, which I'm going to do, guys. Oh so gosh, we're no, gonna, sh- no shaving the head, unfortunately. We're gonna get a hippie Nate down to the down to your pastor yeah, shoulders. Yeah, bro. Peace and love. Yeah. Yeah. Peace from and fighter love. to lover, or both. Lover and fighter. That's right. But yeah, predictions challenge is back next week. Bama's coming on next week. I'm super pumped, guys. Episode 12. Conor McGregor makes his comeback against Cowboy Cerrone. So make sure to stay tuned and tune in rather next week for that episode. Uh, but this episode, <clears throat> we're going to go down the list. We're going to do a couple things. I'm going to explain to you guys. We got our first endorsement deal. going to talk about that. I'm super excited to explain how that's going down and where you guys are going to be seeing us very shortly. And, um, <clears throat> and an interesting connection with that. And then we're going to jump right into a couple little uh, honorable mentions and then we're going to uh, hear from you guys we're going to jump right into the questions i think we got 16 questions bro that's imp- oh, good that's <laughs> that's impressive good i'm glad it's not like four or five so well, then, i'm sure some of them are complete crap but, well, I mean, well, but I mean, or hilarious yeah beauty's be in the eye of the, the beholder because out of those 16 i'd say like maybe half maybe a little bit more than half are like joke questions, maybe something that somebody thought was going to make me frustrated or piss me off. But, but I saw it and I was like, no, it. we're going to answer every yeah. question. And some of these are fucking golden. Some of these are perfect. And I, I haven't shared any of these with Nate, guys, because I want him to be completely fresh. Yeah, I'm clueless. <clears throat> yeah, it's going to be – I'm excited. And uh, speaking of which, Garrett, for our, our, our homie from the – down south. Oh, they got. It, didn't Garrett marry his sister? Oh no, they got divorced. They already got married. Already and been divorced. Yeah. That was really quick. They got an annulment actually, so oh. it's not in the books. Oh. Yeah. Well. 
Because they're uh, cousins, a lawyer, and an ordained minister. Well, so it all happened the same night. I'm sure the picture's in the family photo books. <laughs> so, yeah, but he sent in a few <laughs> questions, and I'm going to make sure to read all those last because they're, I think they're going to be hilarious. So, all right, guys, so that, that does it for the intro. Welcome. I appreciate you guys joining us this episode. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to jump into an ad, and then uh, I'll come back and talk about our first endorsement deal. Pew! What's up, guys? Nate here. And D-Love. Buzz driving is drunk driving. And if you need to do something to feel okay to drive, you're not okay to drive, guys. There are some buzz warning signs. Those signs include over-texting, taking too many selfies, which people do sober, unfortunately. Oversharing, chugging water to sober up, that's a classic. Turning the music down to focus, chewing gum, etc. There are so many, guys. Listen, if you need to do these things in order to feel sober, you are not okay to drive. It is not worth your life, a family member's life, a child's life, or even a DUI, guys. Drink responsibly. Yeah, guys, and when you spot your buzz warning signs, call a cab, a rideshare service, or a friend, even a hello, call a friend. When it's time to go home, just don't drive, okay, guys? It's really important. This message is brought to you by NHTSA, NHTSA, and the Ad Council. That's NHTSA, NHTSA, and the Ad Council. Don't, don't drink, drink and drive. drive. Nice. Welcome back, guys. Hello. I'm really digging the... Uh, Justin Bieber. Nate's getting a lot more proficient with the uh, soundboard. Doesn't make you know me any easier to work with, but he's not, not at all getting a lot more proficient with the soundboard. And and Dustin's getting a lot more simple <coughs> with speaking his verbal tones and words. Oh, I've been no, don't uh, overtalk. Monotone, <laughs> overthink, monotone. I just want to thank guys. Go, um, before we do, the, yeah, I just want to give you a peek, uh, thanks, guys. Before we use in this note, and, <laughs> and just in that note and uh, in that vein and uh, with that in mind and. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I'm working on it. Progress, guys. <clears throat> when I talk to you in person, most of our listeners do know me in person. Um, you notice now I'm definitely not as over formal and like trying is trying too hard. You know what I mean? Like I just want this to be a good product, so I'm doing my best. And I appreciate you guys being here in the first place, so I shouldn't overthink it. So I'm gonna try not to. Uh, but thanks again uh, for dealing with the ad segments, guys. I'm not sure which one played there because um, it's new to me. And from what I learned last week, whenever I place the ads, the anchor system likes to place them however they like. So I'm learning on the job, journeying on the lob, as Nate likes to say. Uh, but, yeah, so, again, thank you guys for the listening to the ad. And, uh, again, if it was the Don't Drink and Drive, Don't Drink and Drive. If it was the pet one, Adopt a Shelter Pet. If it was – I don't know which one it was. Enjoy and uh, do whatever the fuck it says, because hopefully it gets me like 30 cents, 40 cents in, into the bank eventually one day. If it ain't making dollars, it ain't making cents. Speaking of that, uh, Ricky Bandejas. I don't know if you guys know who he is, any of our listeners, and I've talked to Nate about him. I've refreshed his memory. Uh, he was vaguely familiar, but now he knows exactly who he is. And a little quick backstory on him. Ricky Bandejas, if you're familiar with Bellator, um, there's a fighter. His name's James Gallagher, and he's... I mean, for lack of a better explanation, he's like a mini McGregor. He's Irish. He sounds very similar to him. If uh, if you're from Ireland, you'd probably slip my throat for saying this because I know one of them is from Northern Ireland and, Ireland and the other one's from more like Southern Ireland. And I guess that obviously that's a big difference to them. So I apologize any of my uh, Irish listeners. Um, however, in terms of his marketing ability, in terms of his, um, I'm sorry, his marketing approach, his, his character, for lack of a better word, uh, James Gallagher portrays himself very similarly to Conor McGregor, very brash, very outspoken, very um, exciting, but um, also very bold and trying to push the, lim- the limits. So 
Why does this relate to Ricky Bendejas? Well, about a year and a half ago, I think it was now, Ricky Bendejas and James Gallagher fought. James Gallagher, again, has a lot of notoriety and not a fanfare and a lot of uh, promotion behind him through Bellator. So he's got a lot of um, hype. He's got a lot of um, followers. He's got a lot of potential marketing ability, right? So in their fight, James Gallagher being the brash Irishman that he is, you know Conor McGregor likes to Nate, you know Conor McGregor likes to walk towards like the middle of the ring and hold his arms out to the side when he's getting announced. Yep. Okay, so James Gallagher did a similar version, but he walked all the way over to, to where security had to like step in front of him and Ricky, and he was in his face yelling and just being super arrogant and just making a huge thing of it, which obviously was exciting drama to watch uh, when I watched it live. Um, but man, did it. As in terms of like a heel role, me sitting on my couch thinking this guy was just too cocky, man, did it make me as a fan sit there and be like, I hope this motherfucker gets knocked out, right? But I knew him and I knew his talents and abilities were, were definitely there. Colby Covington, Conor McGregor, a lot of other people we've discussed, sometimes their abilities get overshadowed by their character and people think they're not any good, right? They keep, need to keep getting reminded, right? So anyways, I, in that same context, I was like, okay, I've seen Ricky Bendejas fight once. He's a good fighter, he's an up-and-comer, but, man, I don't know how this is going to go. And then Ricky, you know, gets announced, his normal, humble, but, you know, just doing his thing. The way it should be. The way it should be, putting his hands up. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you for applauding. Thank you for buying a ticket kind of thing. But um, he's a family man. He's got a wife and, I think, three daughters or three kids that he's taking care of. But he's still a younger guy, but he he's definitely seems very mature beyond his years. And uh, as we discussed, he doesn't, it seems like he just did it the right and respectful way. So that set up the best spinning wheel kick knockout to shut this Irish punk's mouth. And Ricky Bendejas got his justice uh, from getting, you know, kind of trying to, Bendejas trying to uh, get, you know, uh, I'm sorry, Gallagher trying to clown him. At the beginning, Ricky Bendejas had the last laugh. Spinning wheel kick super hard, uh, rocked him, and then finished him on the ground with strikes and knocked out James Gallagher. So why am I bringing this up? <clears throat> this is when Ricky Bendejas got, like, I think his uh, uh, like biggest pop or his biggest uh, his stock rose the most since his career um, in Bellator has begun, and <clears throat> me as a fan of his from only one other fight previous, but I just I don't know I instantly took to this guy I thought he was like I said a good young guy but a family man and I instantly respected his approach he was a martial artist and a respectful guy blah 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 right so all that being said. After that fight, I, you know, as I'd commonly do sometimes on a whim, I'll just DM a fighter and just, if they never see it, so be it. You know, I shot my shot. But I just showed him some love, DM'd him, gave him some respect. And um, turns out he saw, he wrote me back, he appreciated the support, blah, blah, blah. So after that, um, a couple of his other opponents I had familiarity with and, you know, just can't hurt, right? Send him another DM. Hey, I know this guy had this injury or I know this guy likes to do this or this and the other. Point being is that I've somewhat DM'd with him back and forth over the course of that last year and a half since I saw him fight uh, James Gallagher. And I bring this up because last week I saw a post of his and he's about to go into fight camp. I'm not sure. I don't believe his next fight's been announced yet, but he's about to jump into camp. And uh, if you know anything about this level of professional fighting and especially with Bellator, different than the UFC, they're allowed to carry sponsors and they're allowed to carry sponsors on their shorts. They're allowed to carry sponsors on their uh, fight poster that they hold behind them when they're getting announced. They're allowed to carry sponsors. Well, the UFC fighters are allowed to do this too, but like through Instagram or other endorsement deals and things like that outside of their fighting. Uh, but yeah, so differently than the UFC, Bellator 
uh, is one of the main avenues for the fighters to get their revenue is through sponsorships. And there's a lot of, um, what am I looking for? Like sponsor interchange of services and things like it, it's, they work for the most part, you know, more than they get eyeballs on them. I can only think of a couple from before the UFC took it, uh, took it away and had the Reebok deal, but they used Dude to have wipes and they had condomdepot.com yeah. on people's uh, asses for a long yeah. time. But like there's some of them that really just stick. Right. So it's a decent platform um, <clears throat> for what it's worth. But me being new to this side of, of the sponsorship game, I randomly thought, you know, screw it. This show, we've gone uh, 11 weeks now, right? 13 yeah. shows, 11 weeks. Um, and I'm not going to stop. I don't really care about the numbers so far. I care about every one of my listeners, but I don't really care how much the numbers reflect, like, um, our size or anything right now. Size doesn't matter. I'm just kidding. Above average. But I, I just – it's a labor of love, as I initially said. And if I focus on the quality, I focus on doing what I enjoy and being candid and calm and collected and natural like I am now other than the majority of the other parts of the shows, um, it's it's – that's what's going to make it grow, in my opinion, is focusing on the quality, focusing on the, the the engagement of the audience that I do have and making sure to keep them entertained and, and keep them engaging the show so that we can talk to each other and make sure that we're providing some sort of entertainment for you guys. And then also making sure it's true to you know our creative sense and what we want to do and why we're here to spend our Sunday evening to do this, right? So that's what's important to me. So. When I'm getting on Nate about, oh, I want this sound here, this sound there, this whatever, that quality, like, I know we have a similar vision, and I know he cares, you know, just as much as me, as much as he can, other than being, like, the D-Love in the D-Love special sauce, but... I can know what that but, you know I do something, too. So that creative um, experience is really what's driving me to continue to learning, to continue to try to do um, what I want to do, hopefully long-term, right? I've said this a bunch. I want to do this long-term. So this is a long setup to explain that I've DM'd uh, Ricky Bendejas, and he has. We have struck a deal for us to get the D Love Special Sauce logo on his fight poster. So we're going to be the, his next fight, and any media that he has leading up to his next fight, um, they're going to have his fight poster when they walk out. They're going to have it behind him when he's getting announced during his next fight. I'm not sure if it's on Paramount Network, the Zone, or the Bellator app just yet because I'm not sure which card it's on, but. D-Lo Special Sauce is going to be on screen on Bellator uh, eventually at some point in the next yeah, few months. Buddy. So I'm excited about that. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Ricky Mendejas. We do appreciate the support, you guys. Make sure to go check him out on Instagram, and I believe he has a Twitter as well. Uh, I think it's just at Ricky Mendejas. But check him out, give him a follow, and, uh, yeah, let him know. If if you guys engage him and DM him and tell him that you learned of, about him and you're a new fan and you learned of him from um, our show – I will do something extremely special for you. I don't know exactly what. You can reach out to me and ask me for a favor. If I, got, if I can do it, I'll do it. But yeah, PG-13. That, that, <laughs> I, I never think about that shit. Uh, but that would mean the world to me because that would let him know that people are listening and that you know this relationship goes w- both ways. So I'm really excited about that. He said he'll do a couple endorsement posts on his social media, one in the next couple weeks and then one during fight week uh, on his lead-up to his next fight as well. So... Um, that's a pretty cool endorsement deal, if you ask me, especially for my first one ever, especially for us. You guys, And when I say us, I mean that you guys are a part of this show just like as much as we are. Without listeners, we have no show, so be proud of yourselves. I'm just kidding, but thank you guys again for giving me a, a reason to come here every Sunday and to try to 
share my knowledge, but as well just kind of sit down, shoot the shit with my boy, and, and just explain what's going on in my life and as it relates to combat sports and fighting. So I really do fucking appreciate you guys, and I do appreciate yes. this opportunity from Ricky. And, yeah, I'm excited, but you best believe when that shit's on TV, I'm going to be taking a picture <laughs> of the screen and posting that up and everything, guys. So. Yes. So for all you guys listening, moment of silence. We want to thank you. Isn't Ricky managed by Brian? Oh, yeah, yeah. I meant to, I was going to say that. but um, So Sucker Punch Entertainment is uh, one of the, in my opinion, top three management companies in mixed martial arts. I mean, in combat sports in general. He's got Wei Li Zhang, who's the current uh, strawweight women's champion. He's got Paul Felder. He's got Ashley Evans-Smith, who's trained at our gym. Um, he's got a long list of fighters. And I just wanted to give – I always want to – give him whatever I can a good shout out because obviously with Ali Delaziz and a couple other people not to say anything bad about him because he manages our boy Kelvin but just with the reputation that Ali has and things like that I want to make sure that if uh, my boys are ever signed by somebody that uh, they're signed by somebody that in in Brian's words has done it the right way and I just wanted to give him props for always being the kind of guy from what I've heard in the industry from people that know him and have been managed by him that he treats his clients great he's a good guy and so yeah uh, randomly enough, it's because Ashley trains at our uh, gym with John Walker. Again, shout out to John Walker Pro and Faster Performance. But yeah, I didn't even realize that uh, Ricky was sponsored by, or sponsored, I'm sorry, managed by Brian. I was doing the deal through just Instagram and DMing him and everything back and forth. And we came to an agreement and then, you know, pretty much that was that and then after the fact i just hit something that took me to his main page on instagram and then i saw sucker punch entertainment and i'm like holy shit i didn't that's super ironic that he's managed by brian and i didn't know that going into this and uh, not that it would have got me any kind of a discount apparently ricky says that his wife does his um his business dealings in terms of that so like he had to pass it back and forth with her in terms of like price and things like that so i i thought i was like okay maybe i ended up going the, the right route because jokingly i just imagined if i would have tried to hit up brian for something like this it would have been okay plus this fee plus this fee i mean brian's got to make his living somehow but anyways i just thought that was super ironic and then uh at the end of the conversation with uh, ricky i was telling him that i realized that he was managed by brian and he's like small world things like that and basically i told him i said the next time you're chatting him up make sure that he tell uh you tell him that i said that he's sleeping on my boy ivan lopez because that's one of the main reasons I even know of Brian is because I've been um, <clears throat> over the last year and a half occasionally sending him footage of Ivan and uh, trying to see if he can get him an opportunity to either spar with some professional guys that would give Brian the you know an idea of where Ivan would stand and if we'd want to maybe sign him or or just some sort of opportunity because I think. Ivan in particular, amongst our other guys, which I'll mention in a second, I just think really, you know, deserves an opportunity to really see where he can take his fighting career because he's put in the, the years, he's put in the effort, he's disciplined, he's sacrificed a lot, and I think he's just got the ability to be very successful. So it's just the way it is in the game, guys, if you know anything about the combat sports world, a lot of times the best fighters, you just it has to be a combination of skill, right time, right place. It's who you know and a little bit of luck. Like there's, there's a lot that goes into it other than just being a very, you know, extremely talented fighter, unfortunately, into the business, right? So I'm doing my best to maybe try to shine a light on Ivan here and there when I can. And um, so now, I mean, same thing with Logan and Bama and Harvey and like Rudy and all of our guys that have the abilities. It's like 
I've talked to Curtis Millinder about getting them into the OC fight nights at the at the hangar in Orange County. Uh, whatever I can do to try to give these guys a little bit of spotlight and shine to maybe kickstart or give them some sort of exposure that maybe could lead to something, you know. So um, I just thought that was super cool that Brian was involved, even though I didn't realize it until the end. And uh, it's I don't know. It seems, seems things sometimes lately seem to keep circling back to Brian, whether it's a fighter that I like or an interview I saw, or obviously something going on with the gym with Ashley David Smith. That's crazy. Maybe you guys are like meant to get married. <clears throat> he's a. I think he's married with kids. Yeah, well, pretty. I'm pretty sure he's well, got yeah. kids. Well, I guess you're out of luck. I'm just saying, he's a good guy, good manager from what I can tell, and it's cool uh, that I'm now working with, quote, air quotes, one of his fighters. Obviously, Ashley comes to the gym. She's a good friend. She's a good friend of the gym. But this was just, you know, ironic, and I thought it was cool. I wanted to point it out. So, uh, But that's that, guys. Yeah, expect to see us um, on some sort of Bellator programming soon. Make sure to give Ricky Bendejas a follow, at Ricky Bendejas on uh, Instagram. And if you can, DM him. Let him know you heard of him from the show, if that's true, in fact. And, yeah, we, I'm just super excited about this milestone. Um, like I said, 11 weeks in, 13 episodes deep. Um, but, yeah, we're going to keep going to this. Uh, we're just going to keep going up and up and up. And I was going to say to the wheels fall off, but we, we just started, so there's no reason to use that expression, right until the wheels fall off. We're just going to keep building. We're just going to keep going. And uh, hopefully you guys, uh, this next segment will be one of the first of many uh, segments where we engage our listeners, we engage you guys, because that's really one of the main focuses I want to have of this show, is to have a segment or two or just a large portion of the show be listener-driven, engagement-driven. That's why I want guests on the show all the time. That's why I want all you guys to eventually come through. So, yes, um, with that in mind, I appreciate you guys listening to that. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and then we're going to jump right into the listener listener questions segment, and uh, we're going to hear from you guys. So give us one second, and we'll be right back. Stay put. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning into this episode of D-Love Special Sauce. But right now, I want to talk to you about a subject that's extremely important to me, me and Nate, in fact. Uh, we're a very animal-friendly family here in our house. We have three cats, three dogs, and we do love the little critters. So just make sure, guys, not to go from those commercial dealers. While every shelter pet is unique, some love a good game of fetch, others would rather snuggle together on the couch. However, there's one thing they all have in common, that they're all pure love. Right now, millions of pets and shelters and rescues across the country are waiting to be adopted. And if you're thinking about getting a pet this holiday season or just in general, make sure to visit the shelterpetproject.org. That's the shelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, Maddie's Fund, and the Humane Society of the United States. All right, guys, and we're back. Brings us to the third and final segment of the show. Uh, the most important, in my opinion, on the show today, the one I'm most looking forward to, the listener questions yeah. uh, segment of the show. Listener yeah. questions segment. Here we the go. very first listener. Woo. <laughs> Woo. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. And you we, have ears. I really, really am excited because this one is where we hear from you guys. That's what I'm, what I've been wanting from the beginning of this whole damn thing. I've been begging you guys for engagement and so it sounds like i just gotta ask you for your fucking opinion and then now you speak your mind uh but i'm really looking forward to this segment of the show nate again from the beginning i told you guys that does not seem any of these questions he does not know any of them we have 16 questions we're going to go through all 16 right now 
<clears throat> but before we get into that, real quick, just want to give a special shout out to a couple people. Um, Monique Taylor, she's uh, her husband Darius and her are members of the gym. Come through. Uh, we met them. I'm pretty sure we met them through John Walker. But I just wanted to give her a quick shout out and her business on her Instagram at monique.n.taylor. Um, she has a website, Strong Women's uh, Designs. That's without an S. Strong Women Designs. Dot com and it's her um, it's a clothing line that she runs and that is hers and hers like a small business proprietary company so just wanted to give like MMT like DLSS in general we're just a small uh, family run you know independent uh, endeavor here so I just wanted to show a little love uh, to her and to her business so go check that out guys if you have oh real quick that's right Nate go your part. Yeah. Um, if you guys uh, aren't aware, about this. yeah. If you guys aren't aware that I, I have bought um, her apparel, uh, I bought one shirt for my brother. He loves um, what's the movie with the three witches? That's barely Hocus, Hocus Pocus. Pocus. Yes, yeah. he loves Hocus Pocus. So I got him a custom red shirt with Hocus Pocus, the three uh, witches on the front, and they're dressed in like mobster clothes, and it says Squad. My my brother would love that, and he did love it. I got it for him for Christmas, and I got my my wife a funny shirt. That says um, something about dealing around, or I'm done dealing with you. It's a it's a shirt with a pickle on it, but it's it's hilarious, nice. guys. I don't want to read the whole thing out. I want you guys to actually go search and and look. Check it's, it out. Yeah, she's got some uh, great apparel, um, super deal, comfy pickle? clothes, and um, and they're both sweethearts. Uh, her and her husband are amazing, and uh, I suggest you go check them out. What's the uh, the link again, Dustin? It's strongwomendesigns.com. And if you guys want an easier access to it, too, uh, you can also search that for Instagram or uh, search Monique Taylor. Yeah. And um, uh, you can actually see she posts all of it. And on her on her Instagram, she has a link also to it. So you can exactly. see pictures of the apparel and her in the process of making it. She's very inspirational. And, uh, yeah, guys, I, I look forward to hearing you guys uh, purchase some awesome clothes from her. Of course, who wouldn't want some handmade clothes? And speaking of handmade, uh, who wouldn't want uh, some handmade jewelry, which my girlfriend Nora does? She has her company. It's, uh, uh, her Instagram there is at Dream Loud Collections, and then her website is DreamLoudCollections.com. And it's handmade custom jewelry, all made with love. Um, custom jewelry where I'm sure you can reach out to her and give her you know, kind of the idea of what you're looking for. And it's a great gift, so make sure to check out Nora's Instagram at DreamLoudCollections and or DreamLoudCollections.com for some custom jewelry, as well as Monique Taylor and her uh, clothing line. So uh, without, with that out of the way, we're going to go ahead and jump into the listener questions segment now. I'm fucking pumped. Let me go over here real quick. Okay. <clears throat> so, again, Nate doesn't know any of these questions. <clears throat> I'm going to try to randomize them because the way I have them listed here, they're all like... Um, separated into the chunks from the individuals who sent them. So I'm going to try to mix them up. <sighs> Putting everybody to sleep. <clears throat> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, so the first question uh, comes from Matt Juarez, Matthew Juarez. Um, <clears throat> Instagram, Matty Y. Juarez. So shout out everybody's Instagram for now. Okay, so Nate, obviously I know the questions. I'm going to read them. So this format is going to go. I read the question. You give your answer, and then I'll respond. Okay? I guess. Sure. <laughs> okay. Go. So for boxing, <clears throat> what is your prediction if a match between Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis occurred, Javante Davis? That's a good question, Matt. Thanks for asking, brother. Matt's also a U.S. Marine like I was, still currently serving. Hoorah. He is. Uh, well, 
Tank Davis is very well-rounded boxer, right? He's he's great with his feet. He's really heavy puncher. Yeah. Um, Ryan's very fast, very very got a lot of speed, right? A lot of infamous videos of him hitting speed bags and going all crazy. Um, and he performs well, but he's young and he's green. But um, when that fight goes down, the only way I see Ryan winning. Um, I don't see him knocking out Tank. What I see happening is that he's going to have to win by moving, riding that bike, and and just scoring a lot of points. Um, but I think Tank's very seasoned, and he's going to be very good at cutting him off. I think Tank's going to knock him out probably in the later rounds. I think Ryan's going to be able to move around a lot. Um, but uh, again, it can go either way. It's boxing. Um, but if Ryan sticks the game plan the way I see it happening, is that, uh, it, Ryan would have to win a unanimous decision and really just outbox him and move a lot. But I don't see that happening with Tank. Tank's experience. He's he's a really good pressure fighter. He'll he'll cut you off real good and he'll, and, and he'll land some solid hooks. So, uh, you know, it can go either way though. They're both very very uh, up and coming. Well, Tank's already up there, and Ryan's definitely getting the notoriety now fighting Tank. So, uh, it should be a fun one. I'm uh, going to say one thing, but every time Nate gives a good, solid, like thoughtful answer, you guys might think if we had um, in the soundboard uh, something for like roasting a, or what is it, like a fire, like a fire crackling, because a lot of times he has something, it, does, it always switches up, that's in between his hands, and so he's thinking and he's like really giving it a good thought and he's trying to make sure that he explains his thought well so he doesn't realize that in his hands he's like twitching or twisting this little piece of plastic or something. And the mic is picking and it up. Up. But Sorry. it's funny because to me, it's like when I really listen, it just sounds like the crackling fire. And like I'm just, <laughs> I'm just sitting back listening. Everyone's to relaxing by the fire, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, but I think that was a pretty sound analysis given the fact that I know you and me don't really know a whole lot about uh, either one of these guys. I mean, obviously the, the tip of the iceberg, but um, – I have to agree with you that Ryan Garcia hasn't quite been tested. Um, the times that he kind of has taken a little jump up in competition, it's been a little bit shaky, and he doesn't <clears throat> look as flashy as he does when he faces people under his skill level, and and he's definitely got the speed. He's definitely getting better, and I think they need to continue to, to kind of slow rise him. I don't, know, I don't know quite the boxing landscape to know who he should face, really, but um, <clears throat> I just think that Tank is definitely too much of a step up in competition for Ryan. I don't even know, to be completely honest, if like they're at um, adjacent weight classes or something, and this would have to be where one guy goes up or down or something like that. It, it could possibly be that in the, that's the case, but no clue in that in that regard. But at the same time, like I just think Javante, even if they are the same weight, um, <clears throat> like Nate said, hits a lot harder, and I would just expect him to be able to deal – with what Ryan would bring to the table and, and definitely win in some fashion. I don't know if I quite could go as like specific as you, but I definitely think Tank would win that fight if it were to go down. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Matt, go ahead. great question. Great question. Thanks for uh, taking part of the survey. <laughs> the survey. Yeah. <clears throat> but no, honestly, I wanted to give him the first question because he was definitely the first one to uh, respond. And he's definitely given us uh, some love and shouted me out Thank on you. Twitter and Instagram you, throughout the entire process. So thanks again, Matt. All right, so the next question, let's see. All right, lay it on me. Comes from Malcolm. His Instagram is MVLC0LN. What's up, my dude? What's up, bro? All right, so uh, I I want you to answer as well as – helps me fucking clear my throat, first of all, but I know you probably have a lot to say about this as well, and then I'll give my take. So his first of a few questions is, is CBD legit for recovery, or is it just modern-day snake oil? Very good question, Malcolm. Well – that is a good question. 
and we, if you want to think about it scientifically, how do you differentiate snake oil from something legit? And that's with stats and numbers and, and science. And the science behind CBD, there's just <laughs> numerous amounts of research on the positive effects of CBD, just the CBD side alone, not just the THC side, but just the CBD side, right? That CBD extract. Um, me personally, I know Dustin, I know 99% of the guys at the gym, I take it every day, not only for my brain, but it's extremely good for inflammation um, and many other things, reducing stress, anxiety, helping you sleep, um, depression. It's um, it's just something natural that you can put in your body, um, especially as you get um, older and you're still competing in these you know, super athletic sports. Your body takes a toll and everything. I'm telling you, everything you start to feel. Malcolm, you're still young, so you got some time, but all that. But he's a savage. Yeah. He, like, trains in the morning and yeah, goes to dude. work and then uh, school and then trains in the evening. He's a savage. Oh, absolutely. And uh, So I, he would definitely be, benefit from it. I love you, my dude, but I'm going to tell you right now, with the science out there and, and me personally use it and a lot of athletes using it, um, it's about time CBD finally got its notoriety because the government tried to put marijuana and CBD on the back burner for a long time, and that's a whole other time. Topic. Definitely um, do an entire episode yes, on that. Yes, a whole other episode on that. But uh, the science behind it, just the the testimonies behind it, and the fact that I've taken it myself, Dustin has as well. We take it every day. Um, yeah, it's great for inflammation. Honestly, it's so great for inflammation and calming you down, um, and just mellowing you out. And it's just and 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 it's not just inflammation. There's many other things. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. But th- this is the one caveat that I I want to throw out there that. Um, <clears throat> With all the differences between federally legal, statewide legal, with medical marijuana, non-medical marijuana, all these different like different shades of cannabis, uh, given where you are and where it's coming from, you have to be weary um, of some things. And so this is where I think even the whole concept or, or reason to ask is it snake oil came from. There are some CBD products or products that say CBD is in them that is kind of gimmicky and just capitalizing on the fat and 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 the the true science that is behind cbd and um i've even reached out to game up nutrition which is the company that nate and nick diaz own uh, part owners and um, i asked them about something that's called the entourage effect which i'll explain in just one second put that to the side for one second um so but point being is that in terms of what's federally legal and if you got your cannabis or your CBD or your product that has CBD in it from any other state other than the state you're buying it in, that means it would have had to transfer over state lines, which means it's interstate commerce, which means there's a federal eye on it, which is there's a federal um, there's a federal aspect to its being sold, right? Only reason I'm bringing all this up is because most and a lot of the CBD products you'll see will say 100% hemp-derived. I'm not saying that these products don't provide relief. I'm not saying that the products that have 100% hemp-derived CBD in them don't also have some other ingredients and as a product in general don't do their job or or work. I'm not saying all that, but I'm saying there is uh, a lot of products out there and a lot of CBD that isn't as effective as others. That's the most important thing. And it's just like kind of like weed or cannabis in and of itself is like, even me and some other grower could have the exact same strain and one's going to come out a higher quality or lesser quality, right? So in terms of 
the CBD, it's all about the quality of the CBD. And you got to test them. You got to test different um, types of products. You got to test tinctures. You got to test creams. You got to test balms. You got to test uh, all, all different forms to see, depending on what you're dealing with, whatever your ailment is. Um, <clears throat> I can go farther into it, and I, I will just for a second, but I want to jump back to what I said about um, Game Up Nutrition. They <clears throat> admitted that the, C, the that the entourage effect, which is when THC and CBD and all the other cannabinoids in cannabis work together in order to provide the maximum level of um, relief, whether that's across a bunch of different symptoms or when you're talking about one specific symptom like inflammation, right? <clears throat> you're going to have more of an inflammation reduction with a, a product that has both cannabis, both THC and CBD in it than if you had just straight CBD. And that's because due to this entourage effect, it works in tandem with, with its, with its bro like brothers and sister cannabinoids, the, the, the plant that you would be extracting the CBD from works best when it's working with the, everything. So <clears throat> I know that's a long-winded answer, but my whole point is, is yes, it provides relief, but you got to be weary of where you're getting it from because a lot of products are just capitalizing on the gimmick and the fad. And if it's 100% hemp derived, the reason it's 100% hemp derived is because that's the only federally legal um, CBD right now. So <clears throat> if it's a, not a small, small, like mom and pop company, private company that's producing it and it's 100% hemp derived, then more than likely it's going to be less effective, in my opinion, than something that um, does have some THC in it. I'm not saying you have to get loaded or get higher or feel the psychoactive effects in order to be for it to be effective. I'm not saying that. But just in general, when you have 100% CBD with nothing else with it, <clears throat> it's not as effective. So keep that in mind when you're choosing your CBD products. Try to, to you know, buy more local, more privately owned, more small business to avoid any kind of product that needed to cross over state lines because then you'll know that it wasn't federally legal technically, but that will then allow you to hopefully have the more quality product. That's, I mean, I hope that makes sense. Yes. Great question, Malcolm. I'm excited to talk to you more about it, but I'm also excited for the next question. <laughs> next question is from Jeremy. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Jeremy, I'll get to you in a second. <clears throat> the next question is for Todd, and I th I'm not sure if he miss if or not for Todd. It's from Todd. I'm not sure if he miswrote this had a, a spelling error or something. But he put "do like men?" question mark. <laughs> so do do like men? <laughs> do do like men? Do you want do me? Hoss uh, me? Yeah. Um, well, Todd, I am a man. I love men and I love women. I was gonna say I, I like you, Todd, and and yeah. I think you're a man. But um. Here, Todd. For you, um, let's we'll just do this. You want to? What's Todd's question again? Do Haas make? No, I'm just sorry. Do like men? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, that, a, just a little laugh. Yeah, that was yeah. good. That was good. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> Todd, thank you for. Uh, hey, thanks for listening to the show. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I like men. <laughs> all right dustino what's the next one the next question is from uh jeremy gold plate music check him out on instagram cannoneer versus whitaker what do you see there it's coming up uh ufc 248 uh in march well cannoneer is a powerhouse and he's a great knockout artist and um you know he's just a he's a tough dude very well rounded up and coming 
Um, and I see definitely championship potential and Cannoneer. So I'm going to play it off this aspect if you want to do it on on the spot, which is usually every time on the spot yeah. predictions. Um, well, we're think, choosing him for the fights, and then now here with the yeah. questions, I'm just I think, uh, on the spot. I think Cannoneer takes it. And uh, reason why is because uh, of momentum. Um, Cannoneer's got forward momentum. He's got a lot to work for. He hasn't gotten the belt. I feel like his heart's going to be a little bit more. Uh, Whitaker uh, just recently lost his fight to Israel Azania. And, um, you know, I think he's, uh, you know, maybe a little discouraged. Uh, but usually, he's maybe he's probably not discouraged. Well, of course he's discouraged. He lost the belt. Um, but the main thing is, um, momentum-wise, I think that um, Cannoneer has better range. I think he has a lot more power than Israel. And I think uh, if Whitaker's going to do those forward-pressing combinations, like the one-two left hook right hand or one-two switch right hand left hook or like his very, very – Like blitzy, blitzy, like jumping in. Um, yeah. If he gets caught by Cannonier, he's going to go to sleep. So, um, you and know. Cannonier just knocked out fucking Johnny Walker. Yeah, yeah, and it was it The was first bad. round, like, yeah. bad, yeah. Um, so just based on the momentum of Cannonier, um, he hasn't had the belt yet. He's hungry. I don't think Whitaker is going to be as hungry. I think what's going to happen is he's going to still fight the way he does, and I think Cannonier is going to knock him out. So um, yeah. either that or he's going to – no, I don't see it going to decision. One of these guys is going is going to either get knocked out or TKO'd. I don't see any submissions going down. So um, I think Cannonier would take it. Well, great uh, question, Jeremy. I Honestly, I think everything Nate said makes 100% sense, and I just think that Whitaker – I'm trying to think. Okay, Israel Adesanya has been talking about potentially fighting eventually John Jones, which is at light heavyweight, and he's definitely kind of lean and lanky for 185, which means he's a little bit bigger for the 185 weight class if he could fight 205. So a little bit bigger can hit, you know, relatively hard because of his size, and then definitely hard because of his technique. And then we saw the way that Whitaker dropped from those two shots. He basically knocked him out twice in that fight. <clears throat> okay, Cannoneer used to be a uh, heavyweight. I didn't say light heavyweight. I said heavyweight. And then he moved to light heavyweight, and now he's at 185. And this guy hits so hard, and he's super explosive. And think about all the extra work and the discipline he has to put into his life to, to get and stay down to 185 with that frame. So he's got cardio for days. I don't, I don't think he's even been tested in the cardio department since he's fought at 185. So, yeah, I think um, Cannoneer is going to hit a lot harder than Israel did. And I just, like you said, he's on a roll right now. He's he's killing it. So I can only see one victory or one way that this ends, and that's with Cannonier coming out with the victory. Yeah, and I, and I real quick, it came up to my mind, is the only way I can see Whitaker taking is if, if Whitaker just wrestles the crap out of him. Um, but at the same time, yeah, Can- Cannonier came from heavyweight, so imagine how hard is it, how strong he's going to be compared yeah. to what Whitaker's used to. So that's why such uh, Cannonier is such a dominant force. He went down two weight classes. He was knocking out heavyweights, and now he's you know he's fighting at 185 and just smashing people. So um, to, to wrestle a guy, the strength, that guy's used to throwing around heavyweights. So imagine how hard it is to, to take this guy down. Um, his hips. And, the, and, like last the, time I saw yeah. his sprawl and hips are so heavy. Yeah, so, um, yeah, great question. Jeremy, thanks for asking. I hope our input uh, brought some light on how you would pick the fight and how it would go. And I uh, hope we got, gave you some knowledge. Thank you for participating. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Thank you for submitting a question. And honestly, I can't even believe that I'm, like, writing off Whitaker like that. Like, that's – I mean, Whitaker's, like, an amazing fighter. Yeah. It's just crazy to think. I mean, Cannoneer is on a stride right now, and so – um, just kind of crazy uh, how it all turns out. Mm-hmm. But good question. Thank you. We're going to jump to another question from Jeremy real quick just because it makes sense. Yeah. He asked, when am I going to be on the podcast? So 
That's a great question. So all you have to do, <laughs> Nate, do you want to? Can you do it real quick? Yeah. All you have to do is DM me or Dustin and say I want to be on the podcast. Yeah, and but the thing is, you have to do that to Nate if it's Instagram. But what I want is show share share something. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I just like spit all over the mic. Just put it in your story, dude. Be like, hey, what's up? Jeremy here, just listen to DLS podcast or DLSS podcast, and um, and I want to be on I the show. I want to be on the show. So figure <laughs> out what fights do you want to talk about. But wait, wait, we got maybe this is Jeremy asking. I, <laughs> Jeremy, you know, are you asking to be on the show? If we really think about it, since You're, we're yeah. actually speaking on the show, but no, I, yeah. I want engagement out there. I want you to share and ask, which yes. is exactly why I gave Bama praise at the beginning of the show and exactly why he's going to be a guest on the show. So yeah. you guys can see on my Instagram, if you do follow it, uh, and if you see my stories, I'm, I'm kind of obnoxious with the amount of uh, stories that I'm sharing about the, the podcast, right? I'm just trying to make sure anybody who is interested and wants to know when and what's happening knows yeah. and just kept up on it. But um, any one of those posts that I post about the podcast, share it. Yep. Hashtag DLSS if it's not already on there. And then just hopefully at that point you'll know which fight or fights you want to talk about and just say, love the show, whatever. Can I be on this episode talking about these fights? Anything to yeah, that regard. It's that easy. And uh, guys, the reason why there's this process to sharing it and showing us love and then getting out there um, is because at the end of the day, we want more listeners. We want to we want to spread. We want to expand. Um, and uh, if you want to be on the show and you really want to make an effort, and you really want to be here, help us out. Share it on your story. Do these things for us. So because I guarantee you there's followers that you have that we don't. That may be interested in listening. And you want to share what you have to say on the topics, and yeah. we want to hear it. So, yeah. so uh, these listener questions that are amazing, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But we want you in studio. We want to hear what you yes. have to say about an entire fight card. You can do the breakdown predictions with us, or the, the predictions challenge with us, rather. And if you beat uh, Nate and I, then you get to come back the following week as well. Yeah. So it just we're trying to make it fun. Yes. And this isn't directed towards you, Jeremy. This is to the whole audience. Oh, we're, yeah. we're not saying, Jeremy, you, you <laughs> turd. I forgot. No, no, that's not what we're saying. But um, <clears throat> guys... You show us love and you do the steps like sharing the post and then shouting us out saying you want to be – you do those three, right? Or DM – obviously DMing us is cool, but DM us and then share the post because then other people see it. We see that you really want to help us gain followers, and that love and support from you is going to make us really want you to come on the show. It's going to push the content forward. It's going to yeah, push the show and, along. And remember, those people who decide to go out of their way and listen to our podcast and then follow the steps we ask, they're going to get priority over the people that just DM us because they're doing the steps we ask, and they're really helping us out, and they're really doing everything it possibly takes to get us either more listens, follows, or just to show us love uh, because at the end of the day, guys, we want to expand and grow, and we want to have a great audience. We want to make this really big and fun. So, um, yeah, guys, Jeremy, if you want to be in the show, after you listen to this podcast, exactly, put up a post, put it in your story, send us a DM, you know, show us some love, and uh, we'll have you on. But for, I'm telling you right now, you're going to be on the show. Yeah, right? I mean, so, there's so many people that I'm going to have on, want to have on, and, and they'll be on regardless. Yes. But this just helps me out, and as Nate put it, it gives me priority. It gives them priority, rather. And uh, it just makes me, you know, really appreciate that they're listening. They're actually listening to what we're asking, and then they're willing to share the show. And then, like I said, guys, we want to hear from you as far as what you want to talk about and your opinion. So get your butt on the show and you know and now you know how to do it if you don't already know now you know yes jeremy thanks for the question and now it's time for the next one <laughs> boop, boop, boop.
Okay, from uh, Nora, my Dude, girlfriend. I, sorry, sorry, Hold Nora. On. Before oh, we, I got sorry, such Nora. bad gas. Oh my god, this oh, is. Geez. You guys don't understand how small, small box room. this room is. <laughs> yeah, but we got a window open, and Ivan was in here earlier, and uh, he ran out real quick. So but, yeah, guys, come on, can you at least share the show? Because what I have to put up with. <laughs> yes. All right, back to it. Okay, so Nora, thank God for her. She doesn't have to be in this small room right now. <laughs> X on Instagram. Check her out as well as uh, DreamLoungCollections.com. Uh, but she asked. <clears throat> This is a kind of a funny question, but do you think that Connor is going to pound a bottle of proper 12 before his next fight? Um, no, because I think this is a new Connor. I think it's just a changed Connor. I know that's, I know that's not really like a, it's a serious but not serious question. I know it's just for, a, sure, for sure. You know, I'm sure he will have a bottle filled with water and he'll chug it before the fight and be like, there you proper go. 12. There you, like, go. you know, um, but um, uh, in all seriousness, speaking about Connor, you know, he's. He's a. Ch- I think he's a changed man, and he's going to come back great and strong. So, um, but I'm sure. I'm super excited to I'm talk sure, about this. I'm next sure week. we're going to have a couple commercials for Proper Twelve before the the fight starts. Oh so. yeah, definitely a, a, a couple commercials of Proper Twelve, 100. Uh, percent What I was going to say was, is if they had um, more of a press conference lead up, because it's not like he's going to do it at an open workout, right? It's not like he's going to do it. Yeah, he's not going to do a spinning kick out of his coach's hands on the mat. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, spinning bottle a, cap, proper bottle 12. cap challenge yeah. off bottle, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Proper Twelve. But yeah, so this close to a fight. Definitely, I don't even think he would, even last time he would have been pounding a, well, obviously, like you said, a little bit of hyperbole. It's not a serious question, but it is. I think he's more focused, as Nate said, but at the same point in time, I think it's just too close to the fight period for him to be doing anything like that. Not not that he doesn't have, not that he has to make weight this time, but it's just like, yeah. you would hope that he'd be a little bit more focused than that. Yeah, but he, he will be. But that's uh that's the that's another we'll we'll talk about that when it happens. But thank you so much, thank you, Nora, babe, for the question. Yes, thank you. You Appreciate probably hear it. us. You're like two feet away. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's see. Next question. Let's go back up here. Okay, I'm gonna go to Malcolm again because Malcolm sent a few, and this is a topic he and I were talking about the other day. So I'm gonna pitch it to you, and I'm gonna let you start answering, and then. Uh, I know the order, dude. It's well, no, cool. I, I <laughs> <laughs> like you. You said it at the beginning. I didn't want to say. Simple. I didn't want to say. You say the question. I I give my answer first, and then you chime in. There's like only, you literally said that at the beginning. I know, but there's only two actual breaks that I let the audience in on, and this is peeling back the fourth wall a little bit oh. because I need to go get more water because of my fucking throat. So I was oh gonna my say. Gosh. Well, guys, we'll be right back. Dustin's gonna get water. Stay tuned. More questions on the way. Okay, I'm back. Uh, I got some water. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not just doing it for me. I'm doing it for you guys. I mean, uh, my voice, I feel like it's so much more raspy than normal because maybe I'm talking too much. Maybe it's a sign. But uh, maybe but yeah. you just smoke way too much marijuana. It's not the marijuana. If anything, it's the cigarettes, which yeah. no one's asked me about. How, actually, that's not true. But um, update on how I'm doing. I started on Wednesday trying to not smoke an entire pack a day because even though I'm allowed to this first week, I'm trying to make progress this first week. And wow, I can hear my voice and it's all raspy right now talking about cigarettes. So fucking poetic justice. But but long story short, guys, I've witnessed it and Dustin is doing great and he's excited on this journey and he's going to quit. I'm going to quit chewing tobacco and we're going to be two healthy sons of a guns. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? That's right. 
but I I've met nine cigarettes for the day when I could normally I could technically smoke twenty and it's yeah. what is it it's ten o'clock eleven yeah. o'clock at night so that's awesome I'm doing I'm better than I was and and yes. each week I have to smoke less so I'm trying to get ahead of the game so it's not fucking terrible when I actually have to or can only smoke a small amount but yeah. anyways <clears throat> speaking of that a lot of coughing in your ear a lot of raspy voice hopefully it'll get better. Doing this for you guys. (laughs) 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 All right. Malcolm, what's the question? Okay. So earlier we were talking about, okay. Yeah. He and I were discussing this outside the gym the other day. So I'll ask you and see what you think about it. So I am really conflicted about this, but what do you think about how, you know what you just got for Iris, the hyperbaric chamber? Yeah. So that allows you to go 30,000 below sea level to get a super highly oxygenated environment, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, can you use that that one as well to go uh, like to t- top of Mount Everest to have low oxygen so that it's like you're in elevation? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can, you can adjust elevations. Okay. Absolutely. So people use that. <clears throat> people use that in martial arts training, uh, combat sports training, to try to get a leg up. There's a whole debate about. It's not really a debate. There's science to it, but about training at altitude and about <clears throat> allowing your body to adapt to that altitude. Altitude, so then your body produces more red blood cells. So then you you basically are more efficient with your oxygen, right? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> well. An oxygen, or I'm sorry, a hyperbaric chamber or a tent like that, there's all kinds that they sell, and a lot of people use them for recovery, right? Yeah. And then there's um, EPO. EPO is what TJ Dillashaw got busted for. It's a drug where you take it, and it's a chemical that makes your body produce more red blood cells, just like um, training at altitude would, or just mm-hmm. right, like using one of these tents, right? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so, my question is, is they allow the tents... They allow the tents, and the most the most up to date um, theory or school of thought is <clears throat> is that you want to train at sea level because you can get the most out of your body when you're not training at a low oxygenated state. You can actually breathe, right? But <clears throat> to sleep and recover in altitude. So not everyone lives where we live, where you can go to the beach during the day and train and then go sleep at Big Bear, right? Mm -hmm. So there's people who use these tents all across the world and sleep in these tents at a a reduced oxygen state as if they were sleeping at altitude. And it does show benefits uh, to their red blood cell count and their – basically their cardio improves, right? It's a very vague statement, but their cardio improves, right? So the question to me is – if you're not training at altitude and you're using a tent, how is that any different? And this is Malcolm's questions. How is using an altitude tent for recovery not cheating but doping for recovery is? That's the question. Great question. Okay. So the difference is you aren't putting anything in your body. Okay. I, nothing chemically made, nothing man-made in your body. Um, the thing is it's considered a drug when you're taking something that's increasing – Something in your body that's also something that's considered, obviously by USADA, a, a cheating a banned substance. A banned is what substance, they call it. right? Yeah, now, doesn't when, always have to be steroids. Yes. Just a banned substance. So when you go yeah. into a chamber, your body, you're not putting anything in your body. It's it's just adjusting your environment and uh, your uh, oxygen rate, and it's, yeah. and it's also pretty much the elevation you're at. Um, so. That's really it's really simple. That's it's the, outside it's, your body versus yeah, it's, inside it's, your yeah, body. Yeah, it's the simplest thing. So I can get you know, it's like. Um, yeah, I, uh, there's no comparison. Yeah. It's pretty much that simple. I, I mean, I, I like that. I, I can see 
like the technicality there and how yeah. that's it's outside it's external it's yes. not something inside the body and i mean i kind of i don't really think i kind of agree with it actually but I, i'm normally on the other side of the fence with this and i'm just kind of not to argue for one way or the other but i'm kind of like posing the question in a, in a way that's kind of like if they're doing this then how is that not cheating you know what i mean like that's kind of my approach to this subject in this particular question that's how malcolm and i were discussing it um <clears throat> but what you just said you know totally makes sense it's outside the body it's an external you're adjusting your environment not not adjusting your insides of your body and it, it does give a little bit of credence to why it would be considered not cheating versus cheating uh, malcolm was kind of talking about and, and i tend to agree with him a little bit here which is that it, you're not putting it any work you're not doing anything manually you're not actually earning it you're just doing this or yeah, that it's the lazy way <clears throat> but the, but then if you think about it that way then the tent and epo would be in the same ballpark or in the same boat right yeah so <clears throat> i'm kind of conflicted i'm on both sides of the on the of the subject but um with what you said and then this is for me what i'm about to say is kind of the way i rationalized it to justify it being different right which was um an altitude tent would potentially help you increase your red blood cell count and make a, a benefit to your cardio but it's it's never going to do that to a point where it's like unhuman yeah. right so like even even performance enhancing substances or or mechanisms like this if they if they i mean this is a bigger topic in general about my feelings about performance enhancing drugs and sports period but if they don't um increase uh, the ability or the performance of that human being outside the realm of what's you know physically possible for him as a human being and and given his frame and his genetics and all those things then to me you're just trying to find the most optimal self and the most optimal <clears throat> performance for that particular athlete yeah. so for me the fact that EPO if dosed in a correct in the correct way or i'm not a doctor but dosed a certain way i'm sure you could prov provide results that would be outside the realm of what someone could ever physically capable like ever be capable of earning like themselves maybe training at altitude yeah. right does that yeah. make sense yeah so yeah that would that would clarify cheating you know you're you're putting something in your body that is something that another opponent um wouldn't be able to achieve unless, unless he took that they drug did the as same well. drug exactly you know and if that was the case everyone would be taking that drug uh, but at the end of the day well, that is the way it works that's yeah. why there's pressure for people to yes, do it and try exactly. to cheat still even if they don't necessarily yeah. want to but, but malcolm thanks for the question i mean this is a separate subject we could talk about for 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 days and days on end um but uh thank you for your question man and thank you for your participation Yes, sir. Appreciate that, dude. Thanks for listening. Thanks for submitting the question. Um, so we're going to go back to Jeremy. Jeremy had a, a, another good question, which was thoughts on Sean O'Malley returning. Oh, I love Sean O'Malley. Uh, Savage, great at at his distance. He's got he's at a great arsenal. Very confident. He's got he's got really scrappy ground. Uh, and so, um, I mean, his last fight, what, what was his injury? Do you remember? Was it a torn ACL or? Mm -hmm. Sorry, I was reading. Who are we talking about again? Sean, Sean oh, O'Malley. Sorry. No, he got um, popped for something too, uh, Osterine, and long story short. But, but that was before he was supposed to fight. And then, yeah. And but then, the prior fight, he got injured, and he won the fight the last round oh, with his, his back. Oh, his leg. Yeah, yeah, it was like his leg, his so, foot, his broken foot, a serious uh, break. Yeah. So to answer your question, Jeremy, I'm excited for him to come back. He's one of my, my favorite upcoming fighters. I think he's he's classy. Um, he's he's kind of quirky. He's a classy gal. Yeah, and, um, but he's also very just – he's very fun to watch. He's He's got power in his hands. 
great distance. He kind of does remind me of McGregor. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, say, I does, definitely see with his striking for sure. He, but um, but he's more rangy, which yes, is even crazier. Yes, but I'm I'm excited to and Sean fights both stances a lot. Um, I'm excited to watch uh, him come back. Um, I don't care what happened. You know, obviously, we, there's there's things that happen all the time accidentally with USADA, and some things are iffy and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But uh, when he comes back, I, I'm excited to see him because I think he's going to be a champion without a doubt. I think he's a savage. I agree with you. I tend to agree with everything you just said. Um, Sean O'Malley, like, I'm going to have to explain this real quick, but I think Sean O'Malley got lucky. He got lucky for the getting the little bit of the situation he got with, with Osterine and then the injury and everything because <clears> – <throat> A weird comparison, but he could have gotten um, Super Sage Northcutted, and what I mean by that is Sage Northcut was way, way too marketable for his own good, and he got um, treated differently in terms of the matchmaking because of his marketability, and he got thrown in there with some sharks and some savages that he just shouldn't have been in there with way too early. I mean, Sean um, O'Malley basically like won the or won the the contenders series that he was on and then went and smoked with Snoop Dogg right afterwards like and had a lot of pop from that show and he is a marketable character he's very well spoken he is huge into video games and has a huge following there so my point is is that he's very very marketable alongside of his being way 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 more talented than in my opinion Sage Northcutt was yeah Uh, but point being is that because he was so marketable and because he was doing so well in his fights he could have very easily get really you know huge steps ups in, in competition quickly which could ultimately really tarnish and make someone's career go a lot differently than they could have had they kind of been smarter just about their ascension basically right so for him this is this time off has been nothing but good for and growth for him he's so young and he's so coachable and he's so in his you know athletic starting to enter his athletic prime, that this whole time all he did was level up and all he did was get better. If you saw him in quintet, he choked out a couple. I can't think of the names of who. I know a lot of people Goni. that were in it. Yeah, that was one. But he, I'm trying to think, he uh, went with gigantic, uh, was, it, was it Mark Munoz? He went with someone very, very big, and his whole goal was just to try to survive. Actually, it wasn't his goal. He was trying to win. But the whole team goal for him was to try to survive. <laughs> He's a savage. He did very, very well in quintet, and that's just showing – <clears throat> that he's working on all aspects, that he's working on his grappling. So we know him as a, a solid striker, so he's going to come back, you know, using this time wisely and, you know, upping his game. So Yeah, great question. On to the next one. I need another drink of water. Go ahead and get a sip of water. Dustin's drinking water, guys, for you. He wants his voice to be good. Try <clears throat> not to cough every five seconds. It's all right, man. It happens. I mean, we all cough sometimes. Yeah, but I cough more than most. Yeah, and my yeah. voice is more raspy than most. Yes, it is. <clears throat> all right. So, Jeremy, of course, uh, submitted a lot of questions, a lot of good questions. So, we're just going to rattle these off, the rest of them, and then uh, <clears throat> finish off with a couple from our boy Garrett. So, next question from Jeremy, Goldplate Music again. <clears throat> good question. Are we all underestimating underestimating Connor's ground game based off of his Diaz and Khabib fights? Meaning, is he, you know, more proficient at the ground than the general public gives him credit for because he's been submitted by Nate and because he was submitted by uh, Khabib? Um, yes, you are under. People do underestimate his ground um, because you got <laughs> Khabib smashes everyone on the ground, and Nate Diaz is a high-level black belt. Um, and Nate Diaz is known for sitting, uh, submitting tons of people, especially off his back um, and from all positions. And Khabib just wrestles and wrestles people and, and makes them quit and just 
you know, pretty much TKOs them or submits them. Um, and he's undefeated for it. He's, he's by far the best wrestler in the UFC. Um, and one of the best fighters in the UFC, too, I think. He's a legend. He will be a legend without a doubt. You guys got to remember that um, since um, Diaz and since Khabib, Connor has been really, really focused on his ground game. That's all he's been really training. Um, a lot of since Khabib, he's been punching old guys in the face, <laughs> in bars, yeah, unfortunately. throwing people's phones on the ground and stomping <laughs> on them, getting accused of sexual yes. uh, harassment and sexual mm-hmm. misconduct. And then recently, he's been very, very, very focused, which yes. I agree with. But yeah, he's underestimated. The guy was a champion in two divisions. He fought Alvarez, who was a wrestler, and smashed him. True. Right. So um, Connor has been training his ground game for a long, long time since uh, since Diaz. And even before that, he's an MMA fighter. Um, but he, he is underestimated. He's a two-time world champion. Um, and everyone's wrestling looks like crap against Khabib. And everyone pretty much gets submitted by Diaz. So um, I think that he – since Diaz, though, and since Khabib – his wrestling game can only improve. And and so I know for a fact that his wrestling is a lot better than the last time he fought Khabib, last time he fought Diaz. So I think he's very underestimated in his ground game. Anybody against Khabib gets smashed. So, so far, Connor did pretty well. I mean, he did four rounds before he got submitted. But at the same time, though, um, yes, it is. In my opinion, it's underestimated. Yeah, I was going to talk about what you just touched on, which was that a lot of people don't give him the credit that he deserves in the um, fight with Khabib. I mean, granted, it did end in the fourth round. He did get finished. These are facts. Um, But basically, which is, if you've been following Khabib's career and if you've been following a lot of the pundits that talk about him and his the way he, he smashes his technique and his kind of rinse and repeat and the way he does it, it's very, very precise. It's very surgical, but it's very, um, predictable is not the right word, but point being is that when he's in open space, he's a lot easier, easy is the wrong word, but he's a lot less difficult to deal with when he's in open space versus when you're up against the fence and you're up against the cage. And if you watch in that first round before ultimately Connor did get taken down, there was a very, you know, tense and even exchange of grappling yeah. uh, to the point where, yes, Connor slowly uh, did get uh, what's the word? Systematically broken mm-hmm. down until he got taken to the ground, yeah. and then ultimately by the fourth round, um, he was able to get him up against the cage and then do what Khabib does. But Connor did show <clears throat> a lot of abilities and a lot of proficiencies in the technique yep. realm in the gra- Yeah, absolutely. And um, not only do you have improvements, <coughs> we got to understand this is the best way to explain it for you, Jeremy, in my opinion. Okay, just my opinion. Connor's wrestling is not bad at all. It's good wrestling. It's championship level. Um, when it comes to being a well-rounded world champion, his wrestling can can hold up. Um, but his cardio, when it comes to wrestling and being clinched and being held down, is not the greatest. It's shown to be a problem. Yes, just his been, cardio generally, yes, but that we uh, anybody yes. who's done it knows that that clinch work and that grappling is going to just zap it, it, it right it, out it of you. It zaps him. It zaps him clean. So if Connor comes back. And, and he fixes that cardio aspect of the wrestling and uh, of, of, of being in those exchanges of the clinch or being on his back and having to get up, his get-ups, um, which has only improved since Diaz, and especially in Khabib, you know, he did very well. But we saw it in the third round, he was just tired. And then 
fourth round, he just couldn't even get up, which happens with almost every opponent of Khabib, and that usually happens within two rounds. But bringing that up about Conor and his cardio, I had to, I have to mention this. Like the pictures you've seen of him online and how big he looks right now, yeah, muscle requires oxygen, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not saying that like. The other the other thing is true too. When you deprive yourself of fluids and and everything to get down to a certain weight and cut weight, that can obviously have an effect on your cardio too. So, yeah. um, going both directions could one way or the other too much can definitely have an effect on things. Yeah. So I'm curious with his added weight, his added size. I mean, he's always had big shoulders and all these other things, but he just looks a little bit bigger. I don't know if there's like Photoshop going on there or something like that. But oh, he it's looks all the angles. He definitely he, looks uh, swole as yes. fuck for 170 and. Yeah. That's only going to make me think that his game plan is more front-loaded. We're yeah. not going to get into this till next week, but like the but the potential for him to pretend to, you know, gas out again is it, to me it only increases with that added weight. Yeah. But you never know what he's doing in you know in terms of his mm-hmm. cardio and maybe he's really focusing on that, who knows, yeah. but to me when I see that added size that's like holy shit, he could knock him out, you know, maybe he's trying to up the chances of knocking him out, but he also is yeah. up in the chances of gassing out. Yeah. But that's a whole another subject that we'll talk. Next I, I, week. Yeah, we can. I can. I can go thirty different directions, next and now both fight. Both opponents can play out winning. Uh, but great question. Yes, me personally, I think it's underestimated. Um, and he, and Dustin, like Dustin said, I don't think he gets enough credit for it. Um, and for his improvements either. But uh, yeah, great question, Jeremy. Thank you. Yep. And then we're gonna roll into the last question from Jeremy, which is related. So that's why I did. It. He did it in this order. I did it in this order. So, with that in mind, <clears throat> do we see cow a cowboy game plan that's like uh, has essentialed around bringing the fight to the floor with Connor? Great question. And know what's funny is I wanted to to play on that and saying that if Donald were to win, I think this is how he'd do it. But then I I was like, wow, I'm gonna start talking too much. Um, but and since you asked the question, asked the question. Um, this is what I think. I think Cowboy is just going to put on a show, and he's going to try to stand and strike for as long as he can um, if he doesn't get knocked out. I think Cowboy is just going to put on a show. I think he's getting towards the end of his career, and I think this is going to be one of his last fights, and I think he just wants to put on a show. Connor's a big name. Um, um, and I think he's going to try to strike. I think he's really going to try to strike and, and knock out Connor. Now, if Cowboy would want to really, really win, if, if he's going in the game plan, like, I'm not going to come in and put on a show. Because, you know, Cowboy's all about, I'm going to put on a show, I'm going to knock guys out. You know, if you want to fight, let's fight. Me and Cowboy's game to stand, no matter what. But he's got great ground, great jiu-jitsu, and he's a heavier opponent than what Connor's faced other than when Diaz was at 170. Um, and if Cowboy were to fight this fight as if he were going to win, I think Cowboy should be a little out of range, make Connor miss, use his kicks a little more. Um, really make Connor frustrated with that, that switch kick to the body. And then when Connor throws or tries to counter, take him down and try to just hold him down and submit him and wear him out on the ground. But unfortunately, I think that he's going to try to just strike the whole fight. And, and uh, I'll give my predictions on what's going to happen. But I think if he were to win, I think it should game plan should totally be smothering Connor and wrestling him and making a miss and taking him down and uh, trying to submit him. I think that's that would be Cowboy's way. Obviously, Strike mix it up, but I, I, I see Cowboy winning the fight no problem if he can really utilize his wrestling and his jiu-jitsu. So that's crazy because we were just talking about how much we, you know, Connor's ground game is underrated generally. But I agree with you. I think some people, because of how, you know, Cowboy does tend to strike mostly and he's such a quality level kickboxer is that we forget about the fact that he's a high-level grappler, a high-level jiu-jitsu player, and he's got, you know, submissions and, and can threaten from all areas in the fight so um i agree with you that cowboy uh 
should at least have the takedown and the grappling as a significant portion of his approach and game plan to the fight. Yes. Um, <clears throat> this reminds me, actually, of a couple of weeks ago, Jafari, his uh, head coach, the same guy that came out this last week talking about how only – only thing that Connor has is a left hand. Got a lot of press for that, by the way. Like, I'm sure he was just speaking like euphemistically, and obviously he knows he has other things to worry about. But <clears throat> he said that Connor's only got a left hand, and then like every news, every MMA news outlet was like chastising him for saying that. But, yeah. anyways, uh, the, a couple of weeks ago, real quick, a funny story. Uh, Cowboy posted on his story that he changed the Yelp phone number for the BMF Ranch to Jafari's cell phone number. So I called it and talked to him for a little bit. It was fucking hilarious. That's and awesome. He said that he answered. I was like, how many phone calls you answer? He's like, I don't know, man, like 100, 150. And it was just hilarious that he was answering the phone and dealing with it. It was pretty funny. That's awesome. Um, but he is very uh, versed in wrestling and in grappling. Um, so <clears throat> with Cowboy bringing to the table all the abilities and um, techniques and strengths and Weapons is the word I'm looking for. Weapons to the table in the striking department mixed with uh, Jafari and his other training partners, you know, always continuing to help him in the grappling department. Um, he's got more ways to win the fight, yes. that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he does. But um, great question. Um, yes, I th I think he should wrestle more, but do I think that game plan is going to be implemented? Honestly, no. I think he's going to try to strike, and he's going to put on a show. I think what you said at the beginning was exactly right. I think <laughs> he's a fan-friendly fighter for a reason. Mm -hmm. yeah. He wants to know if, if he loses, at least the fans and everybody enjoyed themselves and it was an entertaining fight. And so I think you're right that he's going to go out there and try to just give the fans yes. a show. Um, and, mm -hmm. uh, but, the, but the one thing, depending on if he doesn't get – rocked too hard by mm -hmm. this bigger jacked Connor. I think it's Connor earlier, Cowboy Lake kind of thing, right? Oh, yeah, for but, sure. But um, I think, yeah. Cowboy's takedowns are mostly reactive. Mm -hmm. And he's almost like a GSP where he's like really good at shooting underneath punches. Um, doesn't quite finish like GSP does, like the, the drive-through. But in terms of uh, the way he takes does takedowns it's not so much of an offensive thing um he might offensively work himself into like the upper body clinch but he's not really shooting for single legs or double legs from the outside he just shoots under um, exchanges for double legs it's more of a reactive takedown and i think if he doesn't get rocked too bad and then like to your point comes out tries to strike with certain exchanges gets maybe a little rocked and decides to go underneath with a reactive takedown that he may be able to uh, smother and chew up some round time, at least maybe one or two rounds and get it to be into the later portions of the fight, which is where he'd be more dangerous. Yes. Exactly. So we'll see. I mean, it's a longer shot. It's a long shot. I mean, I, I love, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, I've been watching him since the beginning of me watching fighting for the most part. Um, but Connor's so sharp, so precise. Um, and he's fresh. He's just fresh. So if he comes back and is anything close to, you know, the old, the Connor of old, then I think um, Donald's going to have a rough night. But yeah. um, we just saw Donald get taken out by Justin Gaethje. And one of the – Gaethje? One of the problems that he has is that he um, – Donald <clears> – <throat> excuse me, let me – take a quick water break yeah go ahead but um i think i know what you're saying <clears throat> he he lunges in yeah he, yeah he, he, he kind of overcommits sometimes with his mm -hmm. punches and then is caught off guard and, and overcommitted mm -hmm. so yeah connor's left hand is Ac very accurate the Sharp, best quick. when he's countering 
Yeah. When he slip counter mm-hmm. with his left hand. So but, yeah, guys, it, it, that, it, it can go so many ways. Um, well, it's only going to go two ways. But at the same time, we could talk about this forever. Great question. Tune in for next week. Yeah. That's really if you want us to keep to anything having to do with this topic. Tune in for next week. Yes. Uh, speaking of next, what is the next question? This brings us to the last four questions that we're going to have tonight. Um, uh, they're oh all man. from our good boy, good brother, good boy, good boy, Garrett. Um, Gary boy. Real quick on Garrett. I just gotta, Every time I think of Garrett, I just got to remind people that his favorite animal is a giraffe. And that, to me, by knowing Garrett, it's odd. It's, it's somewhat not expected. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But, I mean, get on him. Go good on him. Get on him. Get, get on, on him. a giraffe and good on Garrett for liking giraffes. <laughs> um, okay, so wait, did I say four? One, two, three, four. Okay, there is four. Yeah, he said four. <clears throat> All right. First question, and this one I'm really intrigued by, and I'm not sure. I think I, I know what I want to say as far as my answer, but let's see what you think, Nate. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> if a Smurf started to choke, what color would it become? White. Okay, why? Because it's blue, and when and, and and when I think of you suffocating somebody, or like cutting off, you know, the oxygen of a Smurf or something that's blue, I I, I just picture his skin pigment going white. I I, is this kid's like the opposite? Like, cause humans turn blue. I think it doesn't matter what color. If you choke it, it's gonna turn white. No, no, no. But like, <laughs> humans turn blue if they get choked, and then so you think if they turn yeah, blue, they turn yeah, white. Yeah, yeah. Because a little subconscious or unconscious bias there, because you're Perfect. white. Yeah. Because there's the black yeah. people. There's all kinds of colored people, not just white people. Uh, yeah. Thanks for making me sound racist. <laughs> I said subconscious bias. I mean, I don't know. I just think I, I just thought white. I, I'm not going to think too hard about the Smurf question. Okay. <laughs> okay. Damn it. <laughs> white. Okay. White. Maybe, maybe that's my biggest problem is that I was looking forward to these questions over the <laughs> MMA ones or over the fight ones because I was thinking about them way too well, hard. Well, I don't want to talk about it anymore. You just said I'm racist. Way too hard. Okay. Well, I mean, it, it only makes sense. I think Garrett was setting you up there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, okay, then maybe. I my think on, depending on the situation, situation, the situation, it would change different colors. Okay. It would, it rainbow. Would rainbow colors. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, my proof of me thinking about it too much is going to come to my really lame and boring answer. I was like, okay, well, if they're blue, and if you normally turn blue, if you get, you know, you know, choked or like you said, suffocated, I was like, okay, what's darker than blue in the same realm? Okay, purple. So. Purple. Yeah, that's Smurf. Why didn't you have that? Dialed up for the Smurf line. I don't know. <laughs> well, Garrett. <clears throat> thanks for the question. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for your next one. Really, really excited. <laughs> you should be because it's a good one. Okay. Okay, yeah, how see. many chickens would it take to kill a lion? Now, I want serious thought. Like, what do you think? Do you think that it's even possible? I think that it's possible. Um, I definitely think it's possible. I'm going to start with that. Yeah, how many chickens? 1,000. Oh, okay. Just a big number. <laughs> no, think about it. One hundred. How many? You know how strong and tough is a lion? But you gotta think how strong and tough is a lion. You gotta think about but how think many. How weak are, are chickens? What do chickens have to offer? Their beaks and their claws, right? And at the same time, how many chickens do you think is gonna be enough to overpower a lion? Okay, I see, don't think hundred is gonna think, do it. I'm glad you're thinking about it. I this. don't think two hundred is gonna do it. Um. <laughs> So I think it's going to have to be such a large number that the lion can't just it can't fend them all off at once. Yeah. So I'm no, going to yeah, say I feel that. 
minimum 500. I'm saying that around 1,000 does the job. So, so what you're basically saying is that you're taking into consideration how many chickens get killed along the way. Absolutely. So that's what I'm thinking. It's like how many chickens can a lion kill like with one swipe or with one you know, cr- crush of the jaw, right? And like how many chickens <clears throat> is it going to take to do damage? It's not going to be two chickens, but, but 10 chickens – clawing at him while he's facing another 10 There's chickens. There's only so much surface area on the actual lion, right? And how much so, force can a chicken apply to do actual damage other than just pester the well, lion? How, no, well, how long will it take? This is what I'm thinking now, because if you think about it, look at it from an aerial view. you got an entire circle of chickens and on top of this lion, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're all getting killed while they're, like, scraping with their claws maybe to, like, the underbelly or the underarms. How many scrapes are those sharp-ass claws is going to take till he, like, bleeds, yes. starts to bleed out? Yeah, so, you know, um, I, I'm going to say it's going to have to be around 1,000. 1,000? Okay, I'm not going to refuse. Okay, 1,001, Bob. All right. <laughs> All right, Dustin says 1,001. <laughs> Great okay. question, Gary. Thank you. I'm excited for the next one now. Okay. Let her rip. All right. If you could merge two animals, what would they be? Ooh, if I could merge two animals, what would they be? Well, I have to think of the most... First of all, oh, this is a great one. A, a cat and a hyena. They're kind of like related already, aren't they? Oh, no, hyenas are, are hyenas more dog. Yes. <laughs> okay. You're thinking of the lion. Um, the reason why is because cats are so mischievous and just too smart and just do whatever they want and they're only out for themselves. Right, and just like they, they scourge through trash, and they'll do whatever it takes, and out of nowhere they can snap on you. Dude, why right. would you do this? You're gonna make a super breed that's gonna take out the human race. Yes, exactly. If I'm gonna merge two animals, <laughs> I, I'm gonna merge a hyena and hyenas roll in a pack, and they live to survive. Man, they're like, they're not the a, lion. Right? They start eating you from your asshole first. It's gonna be a terrible way Dude, to go, Nate. So don't do this. It's just, I mean, if I were to be like. If there's an apocalypse and I was the ruler of the apocalypse, like I was able to be like the strongest guy and had all the guys underneath me. And you want to hold two big ass hyena cat yes, mixtures those, with your they, big they, chains. They would guard my house from zombies and, they'd and pull anybody your sled. else. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyways, okay. What, what would you Post-apocalyptic do? Post-apocalyptic Nate with cat hyena. Yes. Guard dogs. Um, I was just listening to you. I wasn't thinking actually. Um. You weren't thinking? Here, no. go, go ahead and think. <laughs> okay, a cricket and a... No. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Time's ticking. Come on, my dude. Okay, let's do a shark, a great white shark. Mm-hmm. And um, what's whatever... Oh, was it Commodore or the, the largest eagle oh. that exists? Dang. So that's big enough to be able to, <laughs> to, fly, to Pretty much fly. A, a flying shark. Yes. Shark Sharknado is like the movie <laughs> a Shark in a Tornado. Whoever made that is ridiculous. <laughs> but it got so big because it was so ridiculous. And I want uh, so Samuel L. Jackson and LL Cool J right in the back. Oh, totally. That's, that's what great. I want. Great question, Garrett. <laughs> I hope that brought you guys joy. Okay, uh, last question. question, and I think I think I could be, if I can predict the future and know like even word for word what you're gonna say after I ask this question, then I'll, I'm a genius. Anyways, okay, ready? Right, drum roll. Next question. Nate, does everybody like turtles? 
I like turtles. Okay. Does everybody like? No one hates turtles. I like turtles. And this is why nobody hates turtles. Come on, Billy. <laughs> you got a zombie outfit. <laughs> yeah. So you guys haven't seen it. Search, I like turtles. Search YouTube. I like turtles. Um, it's this chick. It's this news reporter who's at this um little carnival. Little I feel like small, everyone's yeah. seen it, but but in case you haven't, small yeah. town. Uh, carnival and this reporter goes up to this kid and he's got like a little zombie face paint on the kid's like maybe seven years old and she says she starts uh, i'm here at the halloween festival and we have billy over here i don't know if his name's billy and he's dressed like a zombie billy how do you feel about today and all he says is i like turtles she would say, yeah i like turtles <laughs> and then it stops and she says all right back to you bob or whatever it's totally awkward but it, yeah but the kid was on tosh.0 it's hilarious if you guys check him out the kid's probably well, you know, know balling that. now yeah that's funny um, he's balling but yeah everyone loves turtles i mean come on like what do, do you they, think he owns some turtles uh, maybe no he's a wiener dog guy but um, I know he's got. He's always posting his wiener dogs on his Snapchat. By the way, your Snapchat is grungy because your camera is hella dirty, and everything you post just looks like I'm blind, so I can't even see your dogs. Oh anyways. yeah, Garrett's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, always playing catch with that dog of his, putting yes. him in outfits and yes, stuff. Yes, yes. And Garrett, he, are you lonely? Yeah. Yes, he's lonely. He Bro, lives, he lives in a town of like three people. Um, but yeah, no one hates turtles. If you want me to get you know serious about it, no one, <laughs> no hates, one turtles. hates turtles. And you know why? Because I'm sure someone hates something. No, what do they do? What do they do? They just they walk slow. They're out of everyone's way. They're usually in the water or deep in the mud or in the grass. <laughs> That's true. And they're not bothering sure so, nobody. I'm sure there's something, not necessarily a person who and then motherfucker like, comes over here. Like no one like I want to make dr- turtle soup out of his like, ass. No one just drives around to, to look for turtles and they're just like, oh man, I'm gonna kill as many. Well, maybe. Well, I'm gonna ask you a follow-up question. Do you have a favorite turtle? Do I have a favorite turtle? I Dude, do. I, snapping turtles. Dude, I like Crush. Dude, yeah. snapping turtles are awesome. Dude, they, they get massive. They live to be like hundreds of years old. I don't know, hundreds, but they can live to over be, I, I want to say like over 100 years old. I, they can get super old. Isn't that not a tortoise or do turtles live long too? Um, I, I don't know. I'm not a turtle expert. Oh, but do you like turtles though? <laughs> I, I like turtles. I like turtles too. But yeah. We I have mean, two tortoises. Yes. Turtles don't do anything to people they're out of everyone's way um they're slow they're not gonna <laughs> run after you they're not gonna hurt you unless you, know, you stick your hand like in a in a snapping turtle's uh mouth but i like, got it you deserve i know that. who hates turtles who the hair oh my gosh yep yeah because the hair is impatient mm-hmm. yeah don't mm-hmm. be impatient yep. me and dustin are both very impatient <sighs> well i hope you guys enjoyed this segment of the show i hope you guys enjoyed the show Every single person that submitted their question, I sincerely appreciate it. Even Todd. Uh, thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Nora. Thanks, Malcolm. Thanks, Matt. Uh, thanks, Garrett. Those were fun questions. Uh, check out Monique Taylor and her clothing line on Instagram. Uh, check out Nora uh, and her jewelry line, Dream Loud Collections and DreamLoudCollections.com. Um, thank you again, guys, for submitting your questions. This was really fun. I really enjoyed it. And real quick, before we take off, I just wanted to give an honorable mention to our boy Kelvin Gastelum, obviously him and his opponent Israel Adesanya. But um, as we discussed uh, this fight and when Israel was about to fight Whitaker, I sat down with um, Kelvin Gastelum and discussed this fight and you know called it a fight of the year candidate because it definitely was. And then wouldn't you know it, it ended up winning it. So congratulations to them. That was 
uh, amazing fight, amazing performance. It was a hell of a night. I enjoyed watching it. I watched it with a whole group of my family and friends from MMT. So it was a very memorable night. So thank you, Kelvin, and thank you, Israel, for uh, putting on that performance for us. It was amazing to watch. And uh, yeah, so that pretty much wraps up the episode 11 of DLSS, DLS Special Sauce. We do appreciate you guys tuning in every week. <clears throat> we do want to make sure to remind you to tune into next week because it's episode 12 where we break down once again i'm going to remind you guys conor mcgregor versus cowboy cerrone and then the entire main card we're going to break down we're going to have bama on as a guest it's going to be a lot of fun um <clears throat> make sure to tune in every week we try to keep mixing it up. We try to make it fun for you guys. The predictions challenge is next, uh, back next week as well. So please tune in. Uh, but with that, let's go ahead and make sure to stop by MMT Fitness in Laguna Niguel. Exit Avery Parkway. It's off of Camino uh, Capistrano. First class is free. Please do start the year off right. Come down and make sure to get a good workout in. Check out the place. See what you think. And sign up and change your life. It'll be awesome. And make sure to check out uh, Faster Performance and John Walker. Thank you to him and the entire MMT crew for the support. Thank you to Frankie. Uh, thanks to Rudy. Thanks to all the teammates and uh, training partners alongside me. Please do continue to listen, continue to engage, make sure to get you on the show. Um, but again, guys, we do really appreciate all the support. Make sure to keep a lookout for us on the Yo Radio app. MMT Radio is officially launched. No uh, additional content on it just yet, but check it out. Download Yo Radio. Check us out on uh, Yo Radio app. Check out the MMT TV YouTube content. Make sure to continue to check us out every week. Tune in, same time and same place. But until then, guys, stay classy.